Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 is where we started from last week. I want to remind you that last week we talked about the fact that 1 Thessalonians 5.23 lets us know that we are spirit, soul, and body. You were physically born with with an active soul. Your soul is your mind, which you process thoughts with, your emotions, how your feelings react to what comes into your mind, and your will, your volition, what you, your chooser, if you want to put it that way. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your volition, your will, your emotions as well. You live in an earth suit here. It's called a body. You're going to get a new suit because this one won't last forever. It's been touched by sin. But recognize that you are designed by God, created in His image and likeness, and God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. You are born with a piece of equipment that is especially made in the image and likeness of God. It is your cardia, your heart in Greek your spirit. They are used interchangeably in the New Testament. Your spirit has to be reborn for you to enter into the kingdom of God. Now let's define the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not some theoretical realm out there. The kingdom of God, practically speaking, is God's way of doing things. It works perfectly in heaven. God's way of doing things works perfectly in heaven. God's way of doing things works on the earth to the extent that we, by faith, believe and walk in the power of His Spirit. His kingdom will work perfectly on the earth if we are walking in obedience to that God's way of doing things. We are spirit, soul, and body. And until you're reborn, your spirit is present, but it is disconnected. As it relates to being able to experience the life of God, the Word says that we are dead in trespasses and sins. That is, we have inherited a spiritual nature all the way from Adam. We're born physically with a spirit man, but it is dead. It is disconnected from the life of God. you got to be reborn for your spirit man to come alive. Because when you are, by, when you by faith, by the grace of God, when you receive the free gift of God's eternal life, then the Holy Spirit comes to live in your human spirit and you are born again. You come alive. Last time, I, I reminded you that this box sitting right here looks fairly innocent. 
But I also reminded you there are all kind of voices and messages in this room. Why is it that all of these voices, and I could get multiple voices, are in this room, but we can't hear them? With the natural ear, you can't hear nor understand things that are actually in the atmosphere until you have a receiver. And see, and once you have a receiver, then you're able to hear things that you can't hear in the natural. When you are born again, God places his life on the inside of you, and now you have the capacity, you have been plugged in, you now have the capacity to hear the voice of God. Now last time, we looked through numerous scriptures, and we found out that Jesus told his disciples, including us, that when he was crucified, raised from the dead, ascended to be with his Father, that he would send the Holy Spirit. We looked at scriptures that let us know that the Holy Spirit lived not only with us, but in us, John 14. That the Holy Spirit is not some weird ghost floating around out there. He's just like Jesus. He's another of the same kind. He's a paracletos. He is the one called alongside to encourage and help and comfort us. He will teach us and remind us of the words of Jesus. Remember that the Holy Spirit does not act out of line with the character and the teachings of the Lord Jesus. He reminds us of what Jesus has said. He testifies and bears witness of Jesus. He always he is the spirit of truth. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit is telling you the truth right now. One reason why we get so frustrated and, and, and so confused is because our mind has become the dominant player in our inner man. When our mind is the dominant player in our inner man instead of our spirit, then the spirit, listen, the spirit who is alive on the inside of us is present. Uh-oh. But then static comes. When our mind is our player, the main player, confusion, frustration, we have static in our inner man. Well, pastor, how do I get back to the clear hearing of the Spirit of God on the inside of me? Well, you, you got to remember this, that some of the static removers are praise, worship, thanksgiving, prayer, walking in love, the direct connection of fellowship in Holy Communion. These are things that enable you to remove the static and begin to be able to hear more clearly what the Spirit of God wants to say to you. He bears witness. He tells you the truth. He convicts of sin and righteousness and judgment. He guides us into all the truth. I want you to see, as we look at our scripture here in verse 9, it is as, as it is written. Listen now, let me begin by saying this. The Holy Spirit in the life of the believer wants to be able 
to communicate with you in a clear way. Eye has not seen, verse 9, nor has ear heard, nor have entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of a man which is in him? Did you know that your spirit man is not confused? Your spirit man is not frustrated. Your spirit man is not bitter, nor angry, nor proud. Your spirit man, where you are born again, has the capacity to have full fellowship with the Lord Jesus through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And did you also know that in your spirit, man, there are answers that you are longing for? They're not floating around out there somewhere. In your spirit, man, there are answers that you are, that you are deeply longing for, but your mind has become the dominant player. Your emotions have deceived you into thinking that reality is what you see and feel and how others perceive it, that you get cloudy and static begins to keep you from clearly hearing what the voice of the Lord wants to say. The spirit, there is deep within you, in your spirit, man, there is the not, there is placed in there the wisdom of God, the love of God, the peace of God, the joy of the Lord. Our issue is not that we don't have the equipment. Our issue is that we've not learned to tune in and, and to listen. Verse 12, now we have received, we believers, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, the Holy Spirit, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Do you know that the purpose of the Holy Spirit in dwelling your human spirit right now is that so you might know all that God has prepared and given to you? Wow. Now let's turn to the left and go back where we left off last time. That is to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. So were you listening when we read that scripture that the Holy Spirit's job is to disclose to you the deep things of God that he has prepared for you? In John 16, we left off in verse 13 when he, Jesus speaking, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Now watch, listen, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will what? Speak. And he will tell you things to come. Now here's a question for you. On the basis of what you just read, did the Holy Spirit lose his voice when he came to live on the inside of you? Did he somehow become dumb and unable to speak? The Holy Spirit will speak and tell and teach. Verse 14, he will glorify me, Jesus said. For he will take what is mine, wow, and declare it. How do you declare something? You've got to speak it, had not you? And declare it to you. 
All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine. What is that? All things the Father has. And disclose and declare it to you. How does God get, get things done? How did he create the world? He declared it, did he not? Those things that the Father has prepared, he has given all things into the hands of his Son, and his Son has been trying to tell us all the things that belong to us, all the things the Father has given the Son, the Holy Spirit is trying to tell you belong to you. The deep things of God we read in 1 Corinthians. Well, if the Lord is trying to speak to me, how does he do that? The primary way the Lord chooses to speak to us is that he has written things down in a holy agreement called a covenant, a testament, a legal document. You got your Bible? Guess what? You've got an old testament and you've got a new one. But there is recorded in here what God has provided for you through his son. He wants you to have a record of it. So God speaks to us through his holy word. This is not going to change. But you can look in this book all you want to, and you are not going to find a verse that says, thou shalt move from Oak Street to Hickory Street. Thou shalt change jobs tomorrow. So you got to learn to listen to the inner voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you as you seek practical direction for life's decisions. He speaks through his word. He speaks through the inner witness. That is, he didn't lose his voice when he came to live on the inside of you. Jesus said in John 10, verse 4, my sheep know my voice. What does the Holy Spirit do? He takes what belongs to Jesus and discloses it to you. My sheep know my voice. I've had people say to me over the years, Pastor, as I was praying and seeking the Lord, I sometimes hear your voice. Now, why would that be? I'm certainly not the voice of the Lord, but how many of you know this? That the voice of the Lord is a familiar voice. It's a voice you trust. And it is on the inside of your inner man. And did you know this? That the Lord Jesus, who is the chief shepherd of the sheep, and there's only one of those and it's him. Just him. But did you know that the Lord appoints people in all of our lives that I call assistant shepherds, and sometimes the voice of the Lord comes through a human container that is weak and frail and gets things wrong sometimes, but the Lord Jesus has chosen to speak through assistance. And that ought to be a familiar voice. The voice of the Lord, we should listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit long enough to where His voice 
becomes familiar to us, that we don't run from it, that we listen and we desire and crave to hear that voice. You say, well, I I don't have a familiar voice. Well, you're not going to have a familiar voice until you persistently, consistently, over time, listen to that voice. I've said this many times, I'll say it again. There might have been some times in the early years of my two years of dating and 43 years of marriage with Dina Franklin that I might have thought, now who, in the early state, now, now who is that if there was some distance or, but after 45 years of listening to that voice, I know that voice better than I know my own. Consistent, do you consistently listen to the voice of the Lord? That inner witness, that voice. Sometimes the Holy Spirit has a language that he speaks through what we call impressions. <clears throat> that is that just in your inner man, there is a strong knowing. Sometimes you actually in your inner man see images of something taking place or you doing something, sometimes there is what we call impressions. It is, it comes from the Holy Spirit. It is in line as you seek the Lord's direction. There are impressions. Let's look at some examples here. Let's go to Acts chapter 15. Now, I want you to have your pages ready to turn. And for those of you who are following along with electronic Bible, get your fingers ready now. Acts 15. What do, you, what do you mean by sometimes the Lord speaks through just that inner knowing? Look at verse 25. It seemed good to us being assembled with one accord, that is, gathered together as believers, to send chosen men to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. What is the word saying here? Remember that Luke wrote the book of Acts under the direction of the Holy Spirit. Now, what does it mean? It seemed good to us. That means that there wasn't a message on the wall. There was not an audible voice. It means that as the body got together, and especially the leadership of that body, they they knew in their inner man as they were seeking the Lord that certain things ought to be done, and they acted accordingly. Look at verse 28, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater. It seemed good. What is that saying? Sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to you when you're seeking his direction by the absence of a warning or a discomfort. It just seems good. You have peace. The voice of the Lord is a voice of peace and order. Sometimes, many times, the Holy Spirit speaks to you as you're seeking him by not giving you a warning or by discomforting your inner peace. If your peace gets troubled, you ought to back up and wait for further instructions. It seemed good to us. It was an impression in our enemy. We didn't see any manifestations. 
We didn't have a clear voice. We couldn't even find a verse of Scripture. It just seemed like that it was the right thing to do and there was no contradiction or warning from the Spirit. Some of you are wanting, are wanting to know, God, do I do this? Do I do that? Do I do this? Do I do that? You might want to stop waiting for a light in the middle of the night on the bedroom wall and ask yourself, does it seem good? Do I have peace? And especially in the context of other mature believers, we're not supposed to operate out there as the Lone Ranger. But I want you to see something and turn with me to Acts 27 because sometimes, are you listening? Now, some of you are not going to like some of the things that I'm going to say throughout the remainder of this teaching. But it is my job to listen to the voice of the Lord, and it is my job, as best I know how, to tell you what I believe the Scriptures are saying and to warn you about things that I see taking place that could be to your detriment. In Acts 27... I want you to see that, and here's the background, Paul and his compatriots were on a large boat, eventually on their way to Rome, and a vicious storm came up. And I want you to notice in verse 9, when much time had been spent and sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over. Paul advised them saying, men, I perceive, I've got an impression that this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and ship, but also our lives. Question for you, to look up a minute, was Paul a seasoned man of God? The Lord entrusted him with writing 12 or 13 books of the New Testament. So did he get a whole lot of things right, yes or no? But isn't it just like the Lord to expose not only when we're right, but to also expose what, we're wrong, what, what went wrong? Ask David if you don't believe that. In Acts chapter 27, I want you to see that as the storm hit. Look at verse 20. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and no small tempest, heavy winds beat on us, hope that we would be saved was finally given up. But after long abstinence from food, when Paul stood in the midst of them and he said, Men, You should have listened to me and not have sailed from Crete and incurred this disaster and loss. I mean, if you read the context, you see that all are tackled. I mean, they had to abandon their cargo. But look at verse 22. And now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Now, hold on just a minute. Go back to verse 10. 
I'm impressed, I perceive, that we're going to lose the boat and what? Our own lives. As they say in my favorite sport, upon further review. Now that I've had time to process this, to fast and pray, I've got a word from the Lord that I need to share with you that is a little different than what I said before. Take heart, there will be no loss of life among you, just the ship. For there stood by me this night an angel of the Lord to whom I belong and whom I serve, saying, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar, and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe God it will turn out just as he's told me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. Boat's going to hit an island. We're going to be driving. <laughs> We're going to have to get through it. How many of you know, sometimes it rains on the just and the unjust. Here's my point. Sometimes what we have as impressions in our inner man, that's the evidence that we have, but upon further review, we see that it wasn't the whole picture. What are we saying? When someone gives you an impression, or when you have an impression that affects other people as Paul's did, understand and put it in the context of, well, this is what I believe I am hearing, but I want you to judge it, and I also want you to know that I'm not always right. This is never wrong. It's not going to change. But this can mishear, not on purpose, but it can happen, especially as it relates to somebody else receiving some sort of instruction, but primarily direction. Did y'all hear that? Be careful when somebody else has a strong impression that is supposed to give you direction. Always weigh it and judge it by the inner witness of the Holy Spirit, by the litmus test of the Word of God, and bring it into the light of mature believers outside of you whom you trust and have a track record of faithfulness and hearing the voice of God. What are you saying, Pastor? Listen for, want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit even the voice of the Holy Spirit as he speaks through things that are not just the direct word of God, but through the impressions of other people. Now, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 16, please. Turn back to the left. Acts 16, I want to show you something here. 
Why are you telling us this? Sometimes people who are learning to hear the voice of God believe that it is just a cut and dry formula. But I want to tell you, it proceeds out of a relationship. And all great relationships involve struggle. You don't have much of a marriage if you've never had any struggles. I don't believe that. It is out of the context of struggle and having to seek and having to work through and communicate and forgive and submit that strength comes, including the ability to more accurately hear the Word of God. Now I want you to see something here in Acts 6. It's talking about Paul and his companions, and their only agenda was to minister the Word of God. Verse 6, now when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the Word in Asia. My goodness. Were their motives right and pure? To preach the Word of God. What higher motive can you have? But for whatever reason, God said, no, not here, not now. Why? Just keep reading. Verse 7. So after they had come to Mysia, they tried, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Wow. You ever been really, really sincere in wanting to have the right job, to do the right thing, to make the right decisions, to have the right relationships, but every time you tried to invest or every time you made a decision to do something, go somewhere, or to start this, the Spirit said no. Closed that door of opportunity. Fixing to see something now. Let's read on. The next verse. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. Two doors had been closed by the Spirit of God. And a vision appeared to Paul. What is a vision? You know, the Bible says that on the day of Pentecost, And everything afterwards, which age in which we're living, the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit has been sent forth in his manifested ministry after the resurrection and ascension of Jesus, that your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. There are several instances of visions in the Scripture. So if it's in the New Testament, It's probably available and happens today. What is a vision? A vision is when the Lord opens your spiritual eyes and in your inner man, you see something that you cannot see with your natural eyes or even your natural understanding or ability to reason and figure it out. The Holy Spirit shows you, 
Oh, pulls curtains back and lets you see something that God is doing that you cannot see any other way. I've had one of those in all my 56 years of being a believer. And it was, I know right where I was. I know, it was so profound. It was obvious as I stood in the natural. I know right where I was standing geographically. And it was like as I was seeking the Lord in a time of desperation. It was like God showed me something happening in heaven that I possibly could not know by any any possible way, unless, except the fact that it was a vision. Your heart still beats, your brain still functions, you are still alive in the natural realm, but you are very quickly and temporarily transported into a realm where you can see things that you possibly, there's no way you could see with your own natural eyes of your own natural understanding. You say, Pastor, that is weird. Well, it may be, but I'm telling you, it's as real as I'm standing here. But why don't you tell us you've only had one of those? Because I want you to know there's nothing in the New Testament anywhere that indicates that you ought to regularly seek visions for your direction. You ought to seek relationship with the Holy Spirit based on the Word of God. You can't manufacture nor make visions happen. But I want you to see here, after he had, verse 10, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them, the people of Macedonia. Do you know that the first place they walked into in Macedonia was a place called Philippi? And there was a little demon-possessed girl that got delivered. There was a Philippian jailer who got marvelously saved along with his whole household. And there was a businesswoman in that town who got saved, and those three formed the beginning of the Philippian church. I've taught that to you just last year. What an incredible open door. Can I tell you something? When God consistently closes doors, when you think you're supposed to go somewhere and do something and you are taking steps toward doing it, but the Spirit intervenes and tells you, no, this is not my highest and best for you. Listen, you better open your ears and heart because God is probably about to take you into something that is going to be a new realm of your life, a new realm of bearing fruit, a new realm of victory that you hadn't seen. Problem with a lot of believers is They get discouraged, they give up, they get disillusioned, and they quit. God will always work with you if when he closes doors, you keep on seeking to hear him at a higher level. God opens and closes doors. Sometimes the Holy Spirit not only speaks through the Word and the inner witness, impressions, doors, but sometimes he speaks to us through others. Now, sometimes when we're desperately seeking to hear from God, he will use a casual word 
from somebody that will strike a spiritual nerve that lets you know that this is the answer you're looking for. Occasionally, that person will be a, a casual acquaintance or happenstance, or it, it, it's occasionally that God will speak to you through a pretty shallow or even a no relationship. Because let me tell you something. God can bring water out of a rock. He can speak to you through anybody he chooses. It doesn't have to be this, oh, this is going to, this is a, this. no, God can speak to you through somebody you pass at Walmart. He can speak to you any way he chooses. Don't limit him. Most often, God will speak to you through mature and consistent leadership. Sometimes there are those spiritually mature who operate in gifts that are given by the Holy Spirit. They don't own the gift. They operate in the gift given by the Holy Spirit. We call the word of wisdom. What is a word of wisdom? By the Holy Spirit, there is perspective that is given to someone that is not it is not in the natural realm. It is a perspective. I call it a top-down view. They are given the opportunity and the ability to see things that God is doing that are not readily transparent to the person they're trying to speak to. A word of wisdom. Wisdom is the ability to see things that can't be seen through natural progression. Sometimes we can hear from God through what we call the word of knowledge. What is that? That is when the Holy Spirit gives somebody to, say, to give information. Remember, wisdom, a perspective, a word of knowledge when God gives somebody the ability to speak with a knowing, with an understanding of something that is going on or the Lord wants to go on that is not readily uh, 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 tr uh, transparent to the person who is receiving the ministry. It's information that is known by the Spirit and transported through somebody through the use of a Holy Spirit-generated gift. Sometimes we can receive the voice of God through what's called prophecy. And I know I misspelled it there, so don't give up on me. Prophecy is when God speaks to... Look, I, I want to show you something. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. When God gives a word of instruction through somebody who is a believer seeking Him, it is... For a purpose. <clears throat> Some people believe that prophecy is given to get, listen to me now. Some of you are going to get upset with this. I just hope you'll forgive me quickly. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 3, the purpose of prophecy is given. He who prophesies speaks Edification, what does that mean? The building up of someone who is broken down. 
building up of someone. And he who prophesies speaks edification, building up, and exhortation. What is exhortation? If edification is to build somebody up, exhortation is to call somebody out. It means to speak to somebody in such a way that that word motivates them to go on to a new level of obedience to the Lord. It might have correction involved with it, but it gives them motivation to go on, to cause them up and out to a new level of fruit bearing, a new level of walking with the Lord in obedience. To be called out is a good thing. So prophecy is to build you up, it's to call you up and out, and comfort. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. That's the purpose of prophecy. Now, where in there did you see that God wants to use prophecy to give you direction for the decisions of your life? Where did you see it? We've got people spending money contacting national ministries to try to hear some word from somebody that is supposed to give them direction for their life. Remember, Jesus said the office and gifts, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to guide you into all truth, to teach you all things. Some of you are not going to like this. Don't go out there chasing prophetic words for direction. Seek the voice of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Can I tell you all something? Everybody who's given me a prophetic word that had direction in it, every one of them have been wrong. And I know many of you in here listen to all kind of teachers, all kind of pastors, all kind of shows over the airways. Look, you listen to whoever you want to, anytime you want to. If somebody is edifying you and building you up, well and good. I'm just telling you, as your pastor, beware of giving the authority to any voice that, it is, that is directive in nature. Beware. Edify, exhort, comfort is the purpose of prophecy. Direction has to be gained from the Spirit of the Lord through all these things that we've mentioned previously. He works through all these things. But don't make anybody responsible for your direction. But pastor, it's easier for me to seek a word from somebody 
How many of you know that problems with most of us as believers is we want to avoid struggle at all cost? Relationships don't get developed outside of the context of struggle. We got to quit looking for the quick answer that, oh, that's what I wanted to hear. True words of prophecy encourage and call out and comfort. And let me just say this. Again, you listen to whoever the Spirit of God leads you to listen to. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, we don't even have services on the last Sunday of the month. I've told you for all these years, you go anywhere you want to. Celebrate the Lord, worship, hear from any servant of the Lord you want to. You belong to Jesus. This is a kingdom agenda. We don't have a little our four and no more deal. But I want to tell you all something. Are you listening to me? There is a huge difference between the office of prophet and teacher and the office of pastor. I've walked in all three of them. God changes times and seasons. And I want to tell you they're real different. Understand that the context of a local, in the context of a local gathering of believers, somebody has got to be appointed as the shepherd, the overseer of that group of believers. And that is the pastor. The word pastor is poimen in the Greek. It means overseer, shepherd. So you do whatever you want to. Listen to whoever speaks to you. But learn to operate in the context of a family, a group of believers that is headed by mature leadership. And learn to operate under out of the prayer and the encouragement and under the covering of somebody that God has told you that is looking over you. Not to find out that you're doing something wrong, but to pray for you and encourage you and cover you in prayer. I didn't make this up. I've just seen so many believers get excited for a season and go out and outside the context of scriptural covering, receive and give a lot of pain. Well, I don't have time. I'm going to stop there. I'll have to pick up next time dreams and visions, and I'm going to go into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that the Father gives gifts to you? Did you know the Holy Spirit gives gifts that He owns and He initiates? And did you also know that the Son gives gifts to people He's appointed for places of leadership in His church? So I want to help you understand and investigate where has the fa- what has the Father gifted me with? 
what has the Holy Spirit gifted me with? And has the Son given an appointment for me in the church, in the body of Christ? I want you to come to grips with that. And when we come back, we'll pursue more life in the Spirit, learning to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Good enough? Let's all stand. Would you say this after me, please? Mighty God, my Father, in the name of Jesus, your incredible Son, I want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit living in me. I see in your word that your very life has been deposited in my inner man. Forgive me for not seeking you with all my heart. I desire to live my life out of the Spirit, knowing that there is love and wisdom and joy and peace in everything that brings order into my life. In the name of Jesus, by your grace, would you clear the clutter so that I can clearly hear the voice of the Lord. Give me wisdom, give me discernment, Bring into my life those impressions, those people that I need in my life to hear your voice and give me discernment. But most of all, with all my heart, I decide today to listen more clearly to the Holy Spirit, to His voice. My guide, my teacher, my friend, my paraclete, the teller of the truth in my inner man. I need you, Holy Spirit, and I desire to hear your voice. Give my pastor wisdom, discernment, special grace as he operates in obedience as a servant to me in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, those of you who have not if you want to connect here, we need your email address. Put it in that black box back there by the back door. Some of you, we don't have ways to communicate with you. Otherwise, I pray that next week, if you want to go somewhere and worship, by all means to. But if you want to take a ride, if you want to play with your kids or grandkids, if you want to go out to breakfast with somebody you love, you just want to get some extra sleep. You just do it and enjoy it. And I'll see you in the next class. I'll see you in two weeks. God bless you. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.